You're listening to Fearless Talk, episode number two. In today's episode, we're talking with Esther Marie, the original Fearless Girl. Esther tells a story of Fearless Co. before it ever had a name at all. She shares the dreams and visions for a surf ministry that she called Fearless Girl. As the founder of Fearless Co., Esther gives a voice to accepting an invitation with God, what surrender and transformation look like, and how to overcome people-pleasing and the fear of rejection. I'm so excited to talk to you about it because I've been hearing about Fearless Girl from Evie for the last two and a half years, however long you two have been Mm -hmm. working on it together. But I know before Evie, it was really your baby. So can -hmm. you kind of share about the origin of Fearless Girl? Absolutely. I'd love to. Um, So I started Fearless Girl actually with a blog that no one read. (laughs) Like I literally started this blog. It was the idea behind it was to just write about fears and dreams. Mm -hmm. And every other Friday I'd I'd blog and um, just talk about what I was journeying through in that season of my life. I was learning a lot about what fears I had. And um, I had a ton of dreams, but you know, didn't realize there were a lot of things on the inside of me that were holding me back from achieving those dreams. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the blog did not, you know, reach the masses like I had initially intended, but it didn't matter because it, I was being transformed in the process of what I was learning. And, um, you know, it reached a, a certain demographic and it was awesome, but I knew that the message of fearless girl and how it was, coming together um, and how I was being transformed. I knew it had a greater purpose than I even could understand at that season in my life. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was actually learning how to surf, which was always a childhood dream of mine. I was always like... Bethany Hamilton was my biggest role model. I'm like 13 <laughs> years old and like, I'm so going to be that surfer girl. I, my in, instant messenger name was Roxy Harley girl. <laughs> I surfed that Ron, I, I shopped at Ron John and Maui Nicks and Sun and would wear the puka shell necklace. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. That was my identity contra- striving to come out. And I grew up in Miami, Florida and there's zero surf culture there at all. So I really? surfed maybe twice. Yeah. Oh gosh. It was... Yeah, I was my surf, like inner surfer girl was really being suppressed in ghetto Miami, Florida, but that's okay. It made me who I am today. I'm so thankful for my upbringing, but I moved to California seven years ago and I picked up surfing about two years into living here and um, it was just rocking my world like everything in me was just coming alive as I was learning how to surf and this fearless girl thing as I I was, you know, journaling with Mm -hmm. the, the blog and all of that. Um, it was coming alive at the same time. And every time I'd go to surf, I'd learn something new about my fears and overcome a fear. And God was just speaking to me in every surf session. And um, it's just these two worlds of mine were converging this writing blog because I, I had published my first book a couple years before that. So this fearless girl um, message was just uh, stirring on the inside of me yeah. and the surfing yeah. adventure was converging with it. And I just saw the two coming together in, in this like, um, explosive movement that I could see on the inside, but couldn't mm-hmm. really step into mm-hmm. it, um, fully until I kind of put the blog down. I shut it all down and I just really prayed. And I said, God, I, I, I feel you in this, but I'm not going to do anything until you give me your vision for it. And at the time I was meeting a couple of girls in my community that were surfers. And it, it was pretty rare to actually make friends with other surfer girls because it's a very intimidating culture. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
So I was making friends with them and they were just the lost souls of like the community. They were girls that were depressed, you know, that were so lonely, that were so like just isolated from community. And we had such a connection and, um, and so I just felt so called to reach them. I felt like they were my mission field. And, um, and so when I shut the blog down and I began to pray about it, God just began to just paint this picture in my head of just creating this sisterhood out of these surfer girls and um, and launching kind of like this initiative where we would come together, surf together, but then grow together as well. And um, and that maybe we could make a difference together with our passion for surfing, right? It's just yeah. like this really, yeah, just a very simple kind of dynamic and no pressure to it. And I use surfing as the excuse to just spend time with them and love on them. Mm-hmm. Um and so, yeah, so then God just, like, downloaded this vision into me, and, and he gave me, like, this idea to uh, launch a fundraiser and uh, put together this girl surfer team, and we would raise awareness about human trafficking and raise some funds for two organizations, and um, and so I, and I got this vision of it kind of being, like, this lifestyle brand, so... Um, long story short, I relaunched it, built a website, threw together an Instagram page, um, and just started meeting girls, getting them to join the team. And mind you, I was a terrible surfer. (laughs) I could barely catch a wave. I don't know what I was thinking. We, we, we signed up for the surf contest. Um, (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking. I literally had only been surfing for like three months. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You are fearless. I really was because I'm like, clearly, I don't care what people think about me because I will bomb on these waves. I am not good. So, oh my gosh, it was hilarious. So, um, so long story short, we raised about $800 um, for these organizations and just out of it birthed this community of girls that it was just the most authentic relationships I'd ever been a part of. And through that, we just started meeting regularly. Community was developed out of it life-transforming stories came out of it. I mean, I was on the the side of, you know, their beds in the hospital with these girls. I was crying with them as they were, you know, breaking up with their boyfriends. Mm -hmm. I was next to them, you know, just like you're in the trenches of life with them. And, um, that is, that is where fearless girl was born. It was born out of this place of, of just raw relationship and me just trying to um, truly show the love of God and not that I was perfect. There was a lot of striving and all of that. There was a lot of uh, religion that God was just like really trying to get out of me at the time, but really also um, just showing me that you know, like this is a process and, um, not only is it a process for these girls that I'm trying to love on because not all of them got saved, you know, Mm -hmm. not all of them stopped doing the drugs they were doing. Not all of them, you know, like made the turnaround, like I wanted to, and I wanted the satisfaction of that testimony. Right. And it's like some of them I'm like five years deep in a relationship with, and they're still living that life. And, and so it's like, man, God just rocked my world to show me. It's not about, it's not about the result that, you know, obviously it, it is like the end goal is that transformation, but it's, it's, am I committed to the process with them yeah. and to realize that I'm on that same process with God and I'm that girl too. I am fearless girl. 
and I am being wrecked by the love of God. And there's lies in me that need to come undone so that I can be free from my fears too. And um, none of us are perfect. None of us achieved it. Yeah. I mean, like as much as I would love to think of myself as like this hero girl that was like going out and, you know, like catching waves, riding big waves, (laughs) like dropping in and like, just like, yeah, changing lives. (laughs) No, it was (laughs) I was, I was a wreck too, you know, and, and, um, and I, I was in the mess with them. So yeah, that's kind of short version of how it began. And then, you know, there's a whole other story that kind of, um, intertwines Evie and the story of where we are today, but that's, that's the short version, believe it or not. (laughs) No, I mean, honestly, I could keep on hearing it and it's actually something that I was really interested in was kind of understanding the transition into what it is now, yeah. which is Fearless Co. Right. Um, right. I remember when Evie first told me that you had kind of like passed everything to her and she's like, this was right. her baby. And she just like <laughs> said, Evie, whatever God wants to do with this, with you, like take it. And she, yeah. I remember her yeah. being so completely shocked. And I was like, does this girl even know you? Like, how the heck is this going to happen? Like, you don't really surf. I mean, sometimes she talks about being a surfer. And I know that in California, like, she can surf. Yeah. But, like, this in my head was, like, this um, surfing organization that was – and I kind of had the the same idea, but I didn't have the full picture. And so I was so intrigued to see how she was going to take this. Something that I've really, really – enjoyed watching from afar is how you have surrendered this and I've just barely jumped in to the whole process and the adventure of Fearless Co and I have to tell you Esther it is one of the most um it is one of the most honorable experiences to be a part Mm -hmm. of and I just love the fact that you you surrendered this all because I think Mm -hmm. In doing that, you set the tone for the only way to, you know, you had this idea of the movement from the inside, like you said, but the only way to see it come to pass was to surrender it. And who wants to do that to their dream when they are so (laughs) involved and you're like doing all these things, making all these moves, like building a team of women, signing up for surf competitions Mm -hmm. like it's got to be so hard to surrender that and you from from my end it seems like you did that so flawlessly like Mm -hmm. the the fearlessness of that act alone like redefined what this whole (laughs) movement even was for me Mm -hmm. you know so at first it was this surfer organization of girls who were just like stoked on life and didn't want to be like consumed by fear and then it turned into this thing of surrendering your dream to God that to me I was like oh my gosh I have to be a part of this even if it's just (laughs) buying the book like I need to know more so can you kind of talk a little bit um about the transition and everything with Evie and um just kind of about what God was doing in your heart when you were told to surrender it and when kind of explain to the peace that allowed you to actually surrender everything. 
like, oh man, I would love, you know, to find that out myself. <laughs> Maybe as I'm sharing, you know, the Holy Spirit will reveal it. I think we we make decisions based off just um, the leading of the Holy Spirit in the moment, you know. So it's mm-hmm. not even something that angel that I could even say I had this revelation moment for. I wish it was that easy. I think it was more of a a really long journey that got me here. Mm -hmm. Um, That in the moment when I knew it was time, I just knew it was time. And I knew that that's what God was doing. And so because I trust him and because he had to build that trust in me, you know, it took me a long time of some hard lessons and other areas of my life to really trust God that drastically. Um, It was, it was, truly easy in the moment when I actually had to do the handoff because I just so knew this was right. And, um, I mean, clearly even just seeing what God has done in these past couple months, I Mm -hmm. am just in awe. I am Mm -hmm. in awe of what God is doing. And I know that if I had clenched my hands to it any tighter and kept the reins of control for myself, um, or even just believed, you know, sometimes people just fully believe, no, like, no, this is what God's called me to do. And I'm supposed to lead this still. And when really, really, they need to pass it off to someone else Mm -hmm. or God's making a transition somehow. Um, I know that if I had kept it, I could not have done what God has done through EB and through the team of girls, um, that he's brought to her, you know, these past couple months. Mm -hmm. So, it's just been an incredible honor to be a part of it. And that's why I've always said from day one, even when it was just me and the Holy yeah. Spirit and like some random chicks I found at the beach, you know, I'm like, I'm just, I'm so stoked to be a part of this. And I don't see myself as like the captain of the ship. <laughs> like we're all in it together. And um, I mean, I just love dreaming with God. But how EB kind of came a part of it and how the transition happened really was EB entered into the story a couple years ago, I think about two and a half years ago now. Um, she and I co-wrote the Fearless Girl book together and mm-hmm. the e-course. Um, and that happened really fun. Um, we had breakfast in Newport. She was here visiting her family and I offered to take her to the airport, um, on her way back home. And it was the first time she and I really had like an in-depth conversation in person. Um, her and Zach sat across from me at this, uh, really fun little local spot called hot cakes. And we literally, I think we ate like blueberry pancakes or something for like four hours, just like, <laughs> ordering stuff, um, lattes. I mean, it was a beautiful day and we just listened to each other's dreams. And mm-hmm. at the time it was in the process of them still, um, adopting, um, Birdie and Asa and, uh, they were just in this incredible adventure of faith and I was just in awe of it. And I just listened to their dreams and she shared with me about, how she's always had a dream to be an author and to be a writer. And I could just see it on her life. I could just see so many things on her life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I, I, the next day was praying and, um, I, I knew I was supposed to write the fearless girl book. Um, and I had written a few, um, attempts to attempted to write a few chapters in it. And it really just kept hitting a, a wall with it. And, um, and I just kind of heard God say like, why don't you just ask EB? And it was a weird thing because it wasn't like, uh, Oh, I've called Evie to this. Like, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. She's the one. I was like, it was more of like a question. Like, why don't you ask her? I mean, what do you got to lose? <laughs> and I was like, I mean, you know what? That sounds, that sounds great. I'll just go ahead and just ask her. And 
if she says yes, cool. If not, I, you know, it's, it's all good. And so I just sent her this quick text and I was like, Hey, listen, like, I don't know what you think of this, but I was just praying. And I felt on my heart to ask you if you'd want to co-write the fearless girl book with me. And, um, and she responds back like right away, like, 1000% yes I'm all in <laughs> that sounds exactly <laughs> like how she'd respond <laughs> like a thousand exclamation marks it was hilarious and I go oh I'm so shocked yeah like, you're oh, like wow, oh I, I love didn't that respond <laughs> <laughs> I know I was like I love that response but why don't we take a week to pray about this like yeah. <laughs> make sure we both heard from that. like we barely knew each other it was so funny and she goes oh yeah yeah for sure for sure yeah, that. we should probably do that. That'd be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So, yeah, we prayed that week. And again, like, I just felt like I felt this a peace, but it was kind of like a take a deep breath because it's it's like it's about to if you're for real about this it's about to to be on like mm. like kind of yeah. like the deep breath you take before you're about to do a cliff dive or something like yeah. that. You know, it's like and I felt God say um if you're willing to take the risk, I'm, I'm with you. And just kind of like this dare, I just felt like this dare from God. That. And, um, it was really cool. Cause it, you know, a lot of people, you hear them say like, Oh, God told me to do this. He told me to do that. And you're just like, okay, cool. But there's some things that he doesn't just tell you to do. He invites you into. It's totally your choice. Yeah. And it is a risk. I mean, it's like, it is not, you don't get warm and fuzzy feelings in it. It's like, oh my gosh, if this is for real, if you for real call me to do this, I mean, I know you're going to strengthen me and be with me, but like, this is going to be a commitment and a sacrifice. And I think we both had like that sobering moment in front of us where we just knew mm -hmm. this was not just a book. This was a movement and mm -hmm. something so near to the heart of God that we were, if we said yes to this, which it was our choice, because God would choose someone else if we did it. Yeah. And, um, and so we just knew like, okay, this is, this is it. Like if we're, if we say yes to this, we're all in, not just for this book, but for whatever God wants to do through us. Mm. And it was crazy angel. Like this covenant relationship came out of that. Yes. From yeah. the both of us. And, um, it was amazing for me. I had never experienced that before. I never seen someone so like knitted to my heart and the heart of God. And, um, we started the adventure and the journey of co-laboring and, um, we wrote the book and filmed the course in six months, launched it, um, kind of relaunched fearless girl at that time. It was called fearless girl and, um, you know, kind of reset the vision, reset the mission, but it was still very much in the beginning stages of us even understanding what God wanted to do because yeah. we were being transformed in the process. And I think that that's completely what it's always about. It's it's never about the thing or the end goal or the the finish line or the ministry or mm -hmm. the the book or the course or the resources or the conferences. It's never about the thing. It's always about the heart. And um, God was rocking our world and breaking religion off of us and breaking striving off of us and completely creating dependence on Him, mm -hmm. which that means that there's struggle. Mm -hmm. So we face a lot of struggle, a lot of doubts, a lot of fears. Amazing, right? Yeah. Fearless, yeah. <laughs> We're supposed to be fearless. I feel like that voice is very eb -ish. It is. Like, I was just going to the frog. I was just gonna frog. say that. I was like, I feel like you guys are more than knitted. Like you guys the have become one person. Upon me. 
That's it's so funny. crazy. It really is like a David Jonathan kind of thing. I don't know who's David. I don't know who's Jonathan. We might switch those roles every now and then, but it's amazing. It's beautiful. Oh, I um, love but that. Yeah, like, God just did it. He just, he was in it. He was like teaching us how to fight, fight for each other, fight for his heart. And, um, and, and there was a struggle, but, um, that's where dependence on him was, was created. And so now we are, here we are today. Um, the transition happened several months ago when EB stepped into full-time ministry. She stepped into her first day on the job. She was CEO of Fearless Co. And I said, girl, like you got this, like you're making more money than I ever, (laughs) you know, have with the foundation that I created. (laughs) That's amazing, though. I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. It's like her win is my win. Her Like, I celebrate that so much because that is just the heart of God. He's just like, yeah, we're all in this together. Like, come on. Like, if she's ahead, I'm ahead, you know? Yes. And so I love serving her. It honestly is such an honor um, to serve her. And to see her dream into this is the most beautiful thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, I love it. Oh, my gosh. Well, That's all amazing. Like absolutely amazing. And I have to tell you, I think I even told you this before we started recording, but hearing about you for the past two and a half years as though you're somebody who, I mean, not as though you have been somebody who has, you know, been in Evie's corner, like in the deepest corners of her hearts and there or of her heart. And there's so many, um, intimate places that you've gone with her. And I've only heard, you know, the, like her side of it. And I'm just so honored to hear everything Mm -hmm. that you just said. And I can't wait for other people Mm -hmm. to hear it because what it just did for me. And I, I know what it had to have done for you guys along the way, like you said, was it breaks off religion. It breaks off this idea of God doesn't order you to move. He invites you to move. And, And just in like sharing the process of how you came with EB, became knitted with her, entered into this covenant, and then have watched her succeed and have been championing her the whole time. It is a completely revolutionary um, definition of what it means to be in a fearless community. And honestly, I feel like it, I feel like it's just the craziest thing to be a part of, like redesigning the way that friendship is done and redesigning the way that an organization is done, a ministry is done, um, a partnership is done. And I just loved hearing that. I mean, I've heard her perspective for two and a half years and it's just so amazing to hear yours. And it is weird. You sounded exactly like her. So you guys (laughs) are becoming one for sure. It's amazing. (laughs) So what, what does, and also before I forget, I just want to say, see, you know, the idea of kind of getting and having religion broken off of you. Um, Mm -hmm. I've talked with so many people and I kind of feel like it's a theme, you know, in the last maybe year or so, um, people are really starting to say that they don't want to be bound by religion and, in some instances, that can kind of be a better statement. You know, it's it is usually yeah. it can be spoken from a place of hurt and resentment um, with past experiences. Um, but the way that you described having religion broken off of you was just the perfect example of freedom. And um, yeah. fearless really 
is like freedom in action, you know, and I, Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes freedom can be a big thing to digest. Um, yeah, but I, gosh, it's, it's honestly kind of wild and heavy to even think about, but, um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just love the way that you said that. And I think that it will, people who are listening to this and people who are meeting with you and talking with you and um, just a part of your life and get to kind of have the influence of the words that you say. I mean, you were so free. Everything that you just (laughs) said was spoken with such confidence and spoken with such authority you know, just like fearless freedom, like those two things going yeah. hand in hand without any um, binding to a, an old bitterness or a hurt or a expectation or anything like that. And I just love the purity in your heart for all of this. And I can really hear it in your speech and in your tone. It's just so amazing. So I'm so excited people will get to hear this. And I hope it really wow. stirs freedom in their lives too. Um, yeah. But... So what does, and I know you said, you're like, I have fear. We have fear. We found tons of fears in this whole adventure. What, yeah. what are some of the fears in your life that you've kind of found through this process and kind of the things that you are constantly having to, you know, really just surrender to God and trust him for? Oh my gosh, where do I begin? Uh, um, you know, honestly, Angel, um, the fear of not being good enough has gripped my life. Like my whole life, I've just been afraid of not being good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fear of disappointment. I think those are two that I've really struggled with. And um, EB actually writes about the fear of not being good enough. Um, actually, she, you know, she writes about the fear of not being good enough and then the fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. which I feel like those two really go hand in hand. And um, I actually read that a couple weeks ago. I was going through the Fearless Girl Devo, <laughs> shameless plug. <laughs> no, um, I read it. it. I'm going to put it in the show notes. <laughs> I love it because honestly, it's like God, God spoke those words, right? And so mm-hmm. I need them just as yes. much as any other girl. Oh, yeah. And um, so I was reading Evie's uh you know, her writing on the fear of rejection, her diva on the fear of rejection. And I wrote down these notes. I've kept them in my phone because I always go back to them because it's so powerful. But she says that the fear of rejection occurs when we place our value and validation in how someone else sees us, um, which is so powerful because that's mm. something that I've struggled with my whole life. I was a PK, NK, all of the Ks. And I was just like so much pressure on my life and put pressure on myself. Even when people stopped putting pressure on me, I carried it for them. And I just always wanted to please people. And it was out of the purity of my heart, but it was, that is the core of religion is Mm -hmm. people pleasing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I just had to realize that, wait a second, like, where am I receiving validation from? Where am I placing my value? And who am I listening to? (laughs) There are so many voices coming at me and not not all, a lot of them are valid. And, um, even our parents, that's one area that I've struggled with so much is I just want to please my parents, you know, and that is such a good and honorable desire. And I think that we need to realize is that we're born into this world already pleasing to them. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, we just need to know that we are already loved. And that was very hard for me to separate my works, which create like, you know, a, a sense of pride yeah. to your parents. Like when yeah. you, 
when you achieve a goal, when you achieve a dream, when you achieve this certain level of whatever, you're pleasing, you're, you know, you make other people proud, but then we all of a sudden associate value and validation out of that. And it's just taken me a long time to really kind of dive deep into those lies and um, overcome them. So just, Mm -hmm. just breaking free from, you know, the fear of not being good enough and realizing I'll actually never be good enough. And that's a good thing because Jesus is enough for me. And, uh, and that, that just needs to be like my end all like resolve at the end of the day is, okay, I'm not going to strive to be perfect, but I will be excellent with what I do have. Yeah. And, um, and I love what EB says in her fear of rejection here that she says the world rejected God. So you could be approved by heaven. And I'm just like, that needs to be tattooed on me somewhere. Oh my gosh. (laughs) How powerful is that? The world rejected God. So you can be approved by heaven. And, um, man, my goodness, we could just preach all day on that, but that needs to be our, our everyday, like mindset is that we're seen by heaven. Um, we are approved by heaven and that needs to be our identity set in that. And that's what brings us freedom, right? It's like, okay, I'm not walking around here trying to, um, (laughs) impress anyone else except for, Heaven and heaven's already looking down on me and saying, You're enough, mm-hmm. you're good enough, you're worthy enough. And um, so, we already need to realize that um, we're validated by the voice of God. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's a process, though. So, I can't say that I learned that overnight. I didn't. I grew up in a ministry family, and it took me, you know, all the way up until my 20s to really, really start you know, walking that out and walking in freedom from mm-hmm. what other people think about me. But mm-hmm. I would say those two, those two fears, um, kind of have been the ones that, um, you know, I've wrestled with the most, but praise God, we're on the, we're on the other side of that. <laughs> we're, oh, working, yeah. we're, we're, we're living in the freedom of that now. So I'm excited to be able to reach back and to help other girls out of what, you know, I have similarly walked through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what are some of the ways that I'm sure that you've talked about this so many times just in your own life. And then even with like the original fearless girl tribe of surfer babes, I really wish I would have been there for that part of this journey. It was was a special time. Yeah. Those were like the golden years. Oh, they were. It was good. It's good. I wouldn't go back to them though. It's, it's, it's only better ahead. Oh yeah. I believe that I'm right there with you. So what are some of the things that, um, just kind of as like practical advice that you give to a sister, to a friend, you know, I really loved EB in her podcast and her episode, she, she had said some fire things like what you just said. And yeah, it was, it was amazing. (laughs) And in, in that sometimes it's kind of like, I mean, she's been one of my best friends for five years now. And sometimes I'm like, so in awe of everything she says. And then I like yeah. leave and get in my car and I'm like, okay, wait, so now what do I do? I'm just <laughs> supposed to like lock myself in a prayer closet for like 10 hours and journal in the dark and create prophetic art. And I try to do all those things, but what yeah, are just some of like the practical ways that you've just kind of inspired your sisters and your friends to find that freedom? And I mean, I'm honestly writing notes right now because I'm just learning to come out of people pleasing and... Mm. It is people pleasing for me is I I don't think nearly as many people recognize it as something that binds them. Um, but it is since I've just dared to walk in 
freedom from it. It is risky beyond measure, like more risky than anything I ever imagined for myself because I feel like I'm walking away from, you know, really controlling, um, controlling friendships and and what I mean by that is not like manipulating them but like I felt like when I was saying yes to everybody and when I was always showing up to the events and supporting people and purchasing things from people and you know jam-packing my schedule full of other people's anything like um I I was like having more control in those relationships Mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, I know that we'll be okay because I'm sacrificing every waking moment to take on Mm -hmm. anything for this person. And when I realized that it was like suffocating me and, and I started finding all of my worth in people's, um, recognition of how responsible I was, how loyal I was, how all these things, it was really, really hard to walk away and say, okay, I'm just going to know that God made me this certain way. He gave me these talents. He gave me these gifts, whatever. And I'm going to do what I can well, and I'm going to support who I can well, but I'm not going to live my life laying down what he wants me to do so that I can serve them before I serve him. Right. And right. Um, it's, it's been really hard. Like, really, really hard. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. kind of like on a practical note, how do you just kind of ignore the the voice that's saying, like, you should really be there for that person? You know, you should be, you should be a better friend. If you were a better friend, mm-hmm. you would be here. If you were a better, you mm-hmm. name it, you'd be, you name it. So, how do you kind of combat that? Wow. Um that is a big question. <laughs> I know. That is a big question. And um, I don't think that it's summed up in just one answer. And I'm, you know, even trying to process the journey that I've taken and even ask the Holy Spirit, you know, like what, where did it all start and how did I kind of make the turn around in some of those relationships? And I, I will say it's different for every relationship. It's different mm-hmm. for every friendship. And one thing that stands out for me is my personality is such that I truly don't care what people think about me to mm-hmm. the, to like in general, mm-hmm. but I care so much yes. about what like some people that I just value. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't, they don't have to be like the coolest people in my life. It's just whoever I associate them as being dictators of my worth I give them so much authority in my life to mm-hmm. tell me who I am mm-hmm. and to tell me what's right and to just validate my decisions. And um, so I think that when I could begin to distinguish who were those people that I was giving, you know, God's authority to, I was letting their voice be the voice, the final voice of authority in my life, which is no one should have that authority except for God. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that that's dangerous territory when we are um, attaching our, you know, our performance to our sense of value. We're attaching our relationships. You know, there's people we have relationships with that make us feel important. Mm-hmm. You know, even me, sometimes knowing Evie, I'm like, 
dang, she is like the coolest. She's a adopted mom, and she's yeah. like these the, got. She's so cool. Let's just be honest. Like she's, she's super cool. Yeah, she is cool. But <laughs> I can't attach my value to knowing her. You yeah. know because that's just not her place of authority. And to give her that place would be um, abuse. It's mm-hmm. just like handing her the opportunity to abuse me because humans weren't, we weren't created for that. We weren't created to uh, assume purpose for each other, you know? And, and I think That's we need really to be good. with that. Yeah. And, and I think that we oftentimes, we, we look at people and we think that, oh, they're mistreating us or they're taking advantage of us. But really, I think maybe we're just giving them too much of a seat of authority in our lives and a letting letting them determine our worth and letting them determine our purpose. Yeah. And then, then it creates abuse in the relationship because it's really what we've we've opened we've opened up ourselves to them telling us who we are when really that place was never meant for them. It's only meant for God. And um in that in that area we needed just a greater revelation of who God is. I mean, that is ultimately when you've started looking to someone else to tell you who you are and to tell you your worth, you don't have a revelation of who God is as a father, as a as one who is so in love with you. Um, and so I think that that needs to be addressed above anything else. So I would say distinguishing who those people are that you actually are kind of like you've really let speak into your value and let determine um, your purpose and then begin to just put up healthy boundaries, healthy boundaries, but do it with honor. I think that that is so yeah. important. Um, you know, putting up healthy boundaries with honor and loving and, and saying, you know, just saying no politely, but sometimes saying yes, you know, I think sometimes even saying like in that season, when I was first beginning fearless girl, there were some hard yeses I had to make and say like, okay, yeah, I will, I will help you with this, (laughs) this really hard, you know, thing that I really don't want to go out of my way to do, but because I love you, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And not because I want you to think I am the nicest person alive because, because the reality is a lot of people just won't even care after you're done. You know, it's how we treat people that, that they can't do anything for us. That really means, you know, that's, that's shaping our character Mm -hmm. and that's helping us, you know, like anchor ourselves in what God says about us. And we're not letting anyone else determine that. So, yeah, I think it, it really is in the journey of relationship with those people. But I think establishing healthy boundaries, but with honor, is so important. And really just um, begin to identify those voices in your life. Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, you were saying, uh, you know, in regards to you and a friend and, you know, you considering if you didn't attend that event, then, you know, you're hearing voices saying, Oh, if you were, if you were a better friend, you'd go to that or you'd do that. Or, you know, if you were this, or I mean, that's the voice of shame. I mean, that's just flat out the voice of shame. And, um, yeah. And so I would say anytime that we're attaching our ability and our performance with our worth, that immediately is the voice of shame. And so it's just identifying those areas and then begin to walk it out. I don't think it ever happens in one day where you're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to be free from, you know, trying to not be good enough or free from religion or free from people pleasing. It really is just, you have to be intentional about your relationship. You have to be intentional taking inventory of your soul and, and then saying, okay, I recognize these areas of weakness. Yeah. And, um, 
and begin, you know, making decisions that mm. are in line with now that new perspective that you have of yourself and in that goal that you have. That's amazing. <laughs> I just wrote down so many notes. Come on, girl, share them with me. Email me. Oh my gosh, they were so good. Yeah, my show notes for this episode are going to be like five miles long. Yes, oh, yes. So good. I love it. That was so awesome. amazing. Um, I'm so, so excited, Esther, to be a part of this, this team that you me saw too. from the inside, but really had no idea how mm-hmm. it was going to come to existence. And yeah. I feel so honored to be a part of the original vision in some way, shape or form, you know, being a voice to something that God was speaking over, um, women and people in general. I'm, I'm so, so grateful to learn from you and to be led by you and your, your leadership is it's so kingdom oriented. It's not like this, here's five steps to be a great leader. It's like, (laughs) this is how you lead in the kingdom of God and it's with surrender yeah. and it's with worship yeah. and it's with taking inventory over your soul. That was probably one yeah. of the most powerful things I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> but I, I just love it. And I'm so excited. I, this is the coolest moment probably of my entire fearless co career. I think <laughs> in the past four years that I get to be interviewed by someone who is heading our podcast Oh my and gosh. we've never had a podcast before. And, um, no, this, is, it's an incredible honor to serve people who are just owning what God has gifted them with and what he's called them to. And um, listen, we're, we're in this together. And um, I think that the greatest days are ahead of us. And one thing me and Evie were talking about the other day, we were texting and she was uh, about to delete everything on our Instagram that I had ever posted on Fearless Girl. <laughs> and I'm like, eh. but no, You're honestly, like, she goes, what do you want me to save? And I'm like, I don't want to keep it all. No, but I went back and looked at it and I started taking screenshots of every single post. And I'm like, this is going to take me hours. Do I really need this? And I just felt like this such a release in my spirit. And I was like, you know what? I don't you know what? Delete it all. We're good. I took like two screenshots just for the heck of it. And um, just because always good, I will say yeah. it is good to say this is where we came from. Look oh, at what yeah. God did. It's always good to look back and have like those, you know, kind of those altars and those stones to say this is what God did. But um, I just we were talking and I was like, I said this thing that clearly was from God because I'm like, oh, shoot, we need to write that down. And like, we need to like do a victory dance over that because it's so powerful when you let go of something that you've used to um, or or you're using to control in your life. You know, Mm -hmm. I think what I said was I don't want to hold on to anything in the past in an attempt to control the future. And um, it's so true that like, honestly, we oftentimes we hold on to what we've built, what we've done, our dream from five years ago that we're still chasing, that business that we promise, you know, that promise that God gave us. And you know what? God, He lives, He waits for you in your future. But yeah. you know, like yeah. you do not need to carry the corpses from the past or carry the things from the past so that you can create something in the future. Like He is he is ready to do something new today, tomorrow. And if he wants something that he did 10 years ago to come back around, 
he'll do it in a new way. <laughs> and yeah. we don't need to, we don't need to hold on to it. We don't need to control our future. And we just need to be like hands open, palms open and yes. let him do it. So you know what? Like our best days are ahead. And um, I can't wait to meet other girls that are on the other side of this podcast and hear their stories. Oh, I yeah. mean, we are literally Fearless Co. is a platform for those girls, for their yes. gifts. And um, and we're here to hold the mic for them, right? And yes. like, it's not about us. It's not about our names, our faces, our headshots, our blah, blah, blah. You know, like it's <laughs> it's all about the kingdom of God and, and helping others like step into that boldly. And, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so let's do this. Thanks for listening to Fearless Talk. You are now officially a part of this fearless company. Send us some love at info at fearlessco.org and let us know how we can partner with you as you pursue the free life.